We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Sunday afternoon. My name is Steven, and I'm the host, and uh, I have an update for people. I stood up during a Chargers game, although it was mostly because of the Cardinals game. I'm not going to lie, but I stood up <laughs> nonetheless. I know people were making comments about that one time, so, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We'll dive into all of that as the Chargers wrap up the uh, 2023 season by getting the fifth overall pick in the draft. I'm sure plenty of you guys will have a lot of uh, questions regarding the draft, and I'm, I'm excited to uh, dive into some stuff. It's been uh, a wild ride, and uh, again, want to thank you guys for supporting the show, as you have done throughout the rest of the season. And uh, today's the uh, final final show of the 2023 season. Uh, it is uh, at an end, unfortunately. So uh, we'll dive into everything that it means today. have a lot of Jim Harbaugh stuff to talk about today as well. And joining me to do that is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? We were so close, man. So I, close. <laughs> all of a sudden, I looked over, and the Cardinals were at the 30 at the time. And it's like, no way. They're, they're going to do it. But uh, they didn't do it. Cardinals came up short. Oh, well. But I have a, a, a T-shirt that says, of course, I'm, I'm reverse. It says, primetime thicken on it. I had to make nice. it. Um, cost me like 20 bucks. And I get to wear it for one game. But it was worth it to me. Well, hopefully you can wear that again uh, next season when Ryan Ficking gets retained because, man, is he uh, excellent at his job. So it's uh, a wild day, man. I uh, started today feeling like the Chargers were not going to get a ton of help. Um, you know, the, the Eagles playing for the potential chance at a division title. There's no way they would lose to the New York Giants. No way at all. And then they just get boat raced by Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor and everybody else like that. So uh, the Giants get a win over the Philadelphia Eagles, get a lot of help. And then I'm sitting there watching the Cardinals game. I have the double box going between the Chargers and the and the Cardinals game. And Matt Prater trots out there with a seven-point lead, misses a field goal, and then the Seahawks go down, score a touchdown, go for two and get it. And my my hopes of Marvin Harrison Jr. are just crushed. But Kyler Murray was Kyler Murray, led the team down to a final chance. It was a great drive. And Matt Prater misses again. 
So, hey, man, you know, the, the Chargers are in a, in a really good spot at number five overall. They just were so close to being in, like, the best possible spot uh, spot for this upcoming draft. I think there's a real chance that the three quarterbacks go one, two, three. So the Chargers at four could have had a legitimate chance at Marvin Harrison Jr. Instead, they'll be they'll, they'll pick at number five and have a lot of good options. Yeah, they'll pick at five and some really good options. <laughs> Look, not getting the first guy isn't always the worst thing, right? Sometimes sure. you end up with Justin Herbert or Rashawn Slater. But yeah, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. would have been fine. But that's okay. You know, uh, that means we get to do more debate and discussion about who the Chargers should take. If it were that obvious, then I guess we'd have nothing to do. That's Although, true. I, I'll, I'll suffer for three months of not having anything else to talk about if it meant Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. I guess being at pick number five is better for the content, and we are team content, so uh, <laughs> you will have a lot more things to debate right now. Um, listen, man, like the, the numbers are fantastic for Malik Neighbors and Brock Bowers. The mm -hmm. film is great for both of those guys. Um, the Chargers could theoretically trade down at that spot. If you had to choose right now, Tyler, which uh, where would you lean right now? I, I like the idea of trading back within the top 10 and still maintaining a pretty solid pick there and just accumulating even one more selection or, or two more selections in this draft or the next because you're, it's tough because they're they're guaranteed neighbors or Bowers or Latu or Fashanu at this point. They're They're guaranteed one of those guys, no matter what. And so it's tough to pass up on that player. If you, if you feel, and some people do feel like, not that I agree, that neighbors or Bowers are like your Jamar Chase, then you do what the Bengals did. You sit there and you take them. And the Bengals don't regret that pick, I don't think. Right. So I, it's tough for me to pass up on neighbors or Bowers at the same time. Just did a video where I said the Chargers have 16 spots on their roster. They might yeah. need to fill after the season. So I get it. But I think they stick and pick. But we'll see. I'll have to look at Tankathon, see who's you know lined up, who goes where. Um, yeah, we'll see what the Bears do. But I think because the Bears lost today, like you said, it is now quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Arizona will take Marvin Harrison Jr. But yeah. yeah. I think they'll. I think there's a good shot the Chargers could trade back a little bit with like the Jets, maybe, maybe even the Titans or Seas. One of these teams that really wants that OT one for their team. Although the Chargers lost Ray Pipkins today, so that that changes its own calculus for the draft implications. Yeah. So yeah, that, that one. If Trey Pipkins is out, out, and that's a bad knee injury, which I don't think we know officially what it is. Did they ever report on what it was? No, all we know is an injury, but he was down for quite a while and could not yeah. really put any weight on it. Granted, he did like four times last year and he played through it. So <laughs> he did. We'll see what happens with Trey, but major draft implications. First and foremost, wish he, yes. hope he's okay. Hopefully he's able to make a good recovery. But like, if this is a, a major surgery that we're talking about, then that changes things drastically because mm -hmm. it's January 7th. And if this is a major surgery, he's not going to be ready to start the season. So yeah. that changes things very much for the Chargers and, and where they're potentially at. So yeah, um, the, the draft order for those who missed it, 1 through 11 are definitely uh, wrapped up at this point. Uh, so like Tyler mentioned, the Bears, courtesy of the Panthers, have had the number one overall pick wrapped up for some time now. Um, number two is the Commanders. Number three is the Patriots. Number four, the Cardinals. Freaking Matt Pater. 
Uh, five is the Chargers, six, the Giants, seven, the Tennessee Titans, eight, the Atlanta Falcons, nine, the Chicago Bears, 10, the New York Jets, 11, the Minnesota Vikings. So those are teams that have clinched their spots. I think the 12 and 13 right now is the Broncos and the Raiders. I think that must be up for uh, strength of schedule tiebreakers with the last game kind of wrapping up tonight. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but that's that's the draft right now. Um, it, for those of you who missed it, uh, Brett Coleman was on the Mina Kimes show and said that last year the Minnesota Vikings were like desperately trying to trade up for a quarterback, specifically for Anthony Richardson. But they were a team that was really, really trying to get aggressive and move up for a quarterback. Um, you know, Tyler mentioned the Jets and the Titans could certainly move up for a, a an offensive tackle. The Falcons at eight have neglected quarterback for four or five years now. They could move up for a quarterback as well. So if you're the Chargers, I think you are auctioning off the pick. You're doing your due diligence in that regard. And you're you are listening to anyone who would want to come up. But I think you don't want to trade too far down i think you probably would like to stick in the top 10 um if a team is moving up for a quarterback that would be best case scenario because that likely nets you more of a haul if you're trading with the titans who are probably coming up for an offensive tackle i don't think that nets you quite as big of a haul so you know my opinion heading into the draft is that the new gm should aim to get at least 10 draft picks in whatever form that comes i think you explore all options um, and try to hit 10. They have eight right now. So at minimum, I think the new GM should be trying to hit at least 10 picks on draft weekend, whatever form that takes. You could be talking about player trades, draft day trades, whatever the case may be. But that to me is kind of the bar. I think they need 10 new incoming pieces to come in and challenge for, for spots at, at the young player positions. Yeah, and I could definitely could see a pick or two being accumulated by moving on from certain players. So that, that is definitely one way to do it. I don't know, man. Brock Bowers is probably going to be, I haven't graded Marvin Harrison Jr., so I don't know, but he's probably going to be the second best player that I've graded after Panay. So, in terms yeah. of grade at least. Yeah. So, it, it is very difficult for me to not look at all the problems the Chargers have had in the run game, blocking at tight end, converting, fourth down, red zone, etc. Basically, a lot of things also post Hunter Henry and not want to go get Brock Bowers so I it, it's very very tough for me I think you stick you wait you know see what happens I guess first first you gotta see that three quarterbacks do go in front of you right um if you trade out of the top 10 then I think you're going corner like I think if you which I would understand honestly because the Chargers secondary has not much right now yeah um so if you're trading out of the top 10 it's for a corner which I would get you know and I think next year I'm assuming you probably get another pick like next year, whether it's next year's second or a third or whatever, you know, then you start to reap the benefits there. But yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, the one thing I will not do, unfortunately, as people are mentioning is trade up. Um, unless the Cardinals are like, Hey, we'll take something to swap. Then maybe, but like, why would you <laughs> take your guy? Take no. Marvin Harrison jr. That is, that would be the smart thing at that point. So, um, it's tough. It's it's gonna take it's gonna take me a long time to really decide what I want the Chargers to do. Yeah, um, which means they'll do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and like we said, you know that Trey Pipkins injury could change a lot of things. So we'll see what happens there. Um, trading up for me is a no go. This team needs more assets, not less. Even moving up 
to number three, which like to me, the top three teams are are quarterback teams. I, I I cannot see the Patriots trying to start this new era of Patriots football, which we can get into with all the Bill Belichick stuff. Um, although we did talk a lot about that on our last show. Um, I, I can't I just can't see the Patriots trying to start a new era and the Cardinals, like they could maybe they view Harrison and neighbors as the same, but everything we we've heard so far is that everybody across the board is looking at Marvin Harrison jr. As like a, a truly generational prospect, rare kind of prospect. Um, there's no reason for them to trade down. Like, I, I think you take that guy, the Cardinals offense is pretty clearly like close with Kyler Murray to being like a good, legitimately good offense and wide receiver is their, their missing piece. So charger, I think, like it's it's January, things can definitely change. But as of right now, I would think the Chargers are stuck at five. And yeah. so I just can't really see them trading up. And I don't think they should trade up either. No, they shouldn't. I, I think the Chargers, if I'm completely honest, I think the order of what they take comes down to Bowers first, then given what just happened with Trey, I think tackle mm-hmm. and then wide receiver, which I know seems lame. People will hate that. You want a receiver, I get it. Neighbors will be like the next guy after Bowers on my board. So I completely understand. But I think this draft is going to reveal a lot of guys later on. You could also take, you know, it, yeah. Neighbors is a great prospect. I think you tweeted out number one receiver in 90% of drafts. Um, Bowers is tight end one. I can't imagine there's another one that will surpass him for a very long time, which I thought with Pitts too. But then Bowers came along. So um I, I think i think bauer i think bowers is the pick at this point you you solve several issues that go beyond just tight end catch pass with brock bowers yeah and for those who are wondering brock bowers is also a fantastic blocker i don't think you are drafting him as like a darnell washington or like virgil green kind of blocker like to me he's more of a, a supplementary blocker but he's definitely capable of blocking on the edges he's definitely capable of sealing the backside working as as an h-back blocker to me, uh, you know, Brock Bowers is is truly a generational project uh, prospect, and like Blaine is saying, I'm over that. Pro- I'm over that term as well. I do not throw that pro- that term around lightly. Like everybody is a is a generational player these days, and it's just not true. To me, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a generational talent, and Brock Bowers is a generational talent, and that's the end of the list. Like people will talk about Olu Fashanu and, and Joe Alt and. And Caleb Williams, they're not that in that realm for me. And again, like I'm very strict about like handing that out. Like I called Panay a generational prospect. I called, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Cal Pitts that Cal Pitts doesn't have a team who believes in drafting quarterbacks, or else <laughs> I think we would be seeing that more often. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm with you guys. Like I do not throw that term around lightly, um, but I I truly believe in the town that Brock Bowers brings, and and if you stack up. I looked at this yesterday and I was tweeting about Malik neighbors and and everything like how that stacks up. Right. If you stack up all of the top receivers in this class and the top tight ends, the number one yards after catch threat is Brock Bowers. He's forcing a missed tackle on like 40% of his, on his routes right now. Um, He's averaging like nine yards after the catch, which is, which blows out everybody else out of the water. Like it's, he's a ridiculous tight end prospect. And all due yeah. respect to Malik Neighbors, he's a very, 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 very good wide receiver prospect. I just think if you're going to stick at that spot, I think you take the truly like no doubt blue chip player at his position. Not to say that Malik Neighbors isn't a blue chip player. Maybe I'll get there with him, but 
right now, Brock Bowers is the best prospect in this class, not named Marvin Harrison Jr., in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, you want to run it. You want a jet sweep. You want a regular yeah. tight end stuff. You want blocking. You want something vertical. You want him to outrun the linebacker. You want him to like it's. I don't know how to even describe. I guess I guess like this. If Kyle Pitts could block, I guess is maybe how yeah. I describe like yeah. hours. Um, and Kyle Pitts was awesome, but yeah, generational. That term is. It's up to like what does generation even determine? I think it's better to say you know best since or. Best, you know, sure. number one in most classes or whatever, but generational is, is should be more limited. And I think Penesuel does that does apply to him. Even watching all the tackles that have been very good the last few years, at least in terms of prospects, there's nobody like Penesuel. You know, even if you think someone else is a better pass protector, Penesuel could run like a running back or a linebacker and go block. So Brock Bowers, Kyle Pitts, if Kyle Pitts was throwing the football, <laughs> that's so accurate. Johnny Smith is scoring touchdowns for the tight end, oh, and like geez. doing tight end screens to Mikol Pruitt, their third tight end. Uh, that, I think that's one of the large reasons why Arthur Smith is is going to be out of a job in the next yeah. couple days. From Paul, that Brock Bowers does not help with the run game, need offensive line, D line, corner. They definitely do need those things. First off, yes. they definitely do. Um, but Brock Bowers definitely does. The number of times that Stephen and I have watched over the last at least two seasons, not just this one. The tight end get blown into the backfield for you know yeah. three yards back and, and the, the play doesn't work. Um, there are other ways you can help this run game for sure. I think you can also address that in round two, three, etc. But Bowers definitely helps the run game as well, for sure. Yeah, he would be the best blocker on the Chargers right now, like objectively, and I don't think it would be really close. <laughs> blocking um, tight end, you mean? Blocking tight end, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah blocking tight end. Uh, so it, I think he definitely helps. I think you still would need like a legit like true blocking inline tight end um but he's he's a fantastic blocker um thomas Partinas points out thomas is one of the my favorite people to talk draft with if you're not following him definitely encourage you to do that uh he's a savage blocker is the way he uses especially for his size and i think brock bowers can has the frame to add some weight to his uh frame as well so i'm a huge brock bowers fan i think he's the best player in the class not named marvin harrison jr and uh we'll see what happens you know down the road like i said Number five is a pretty good spot to be in. It's a really good spot to be in. You can either take a blue chip player. I will not be upset if they take Malik Neighbors. That man is a great wide receiver prospect. Um, or you could potentially trade down. So uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, we have a lot of stuff to get into regarding the draft. We have four months to cover it. So um, our draft coverage is going to be a little bit different this year. We'll definitely get into some rankings and things like that. Tyler and I have been uh, watching a lot of tape on draft prospects already. Um, but we're going to do more kind of specific debates and, and overviews of specific players and things like that. So um, we'll dive into Brock Bowers versus Malik Neighbors, and, and we'll dive into training down on all this stuff, the offensive line groups. It'll be more debate specific. I think it'll be a lot of fun to uh, cover it that way. Yeah, that will be fun. The debate will be awesome. And I, I think the good it's, it's tough now, but as we go through this process, follow us through until the very end, because you know, what we would have said at the beginning of the draft process last year, which was yeah. very tough when the Chargers lost, is different than towards the end because you start seeing what the class looks like. Um, I know watching the tight end one in Bowers and then the tight end two, which seems to be Sanders, what the difference is between those two players. <laughs> it's a huge difference. Uh, it's a big difference between those two players, man. Yeah. Uh, not that Sanders is bad, but there's a gap. There's a big gap, and that's partially because Bowers is so good. You know, if we find that the receiver class like, boy, I, I know you can't get neighbors in round two, 
but boy, it's a lot closer than trying to get Sanders and run to. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll change things as we go. So it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I I'm doing mostly two games of these prospects. There's uh there's a few prospects that have more than that. Um, but for me, I feel like to like really solidify my opinion on a, on a prospect, I need like at least four or five games. Sometimes if I'm like really close on a tie, I'll go back and watch, uh, uh, last season for a prospect. I did that several times recently. Obviously there are some guys that you have to watch the previous season because of injury or things like that. Um, so we'll get there, but, uh, I'm excited, uh, to, uh, dive into it, man. The off season should be a lot of fun. I said this a few days ago. I was normally at this time i'm very sad for the end of football but i am just really excited to uh dive into the offseason stuff this year yeah as am i and as, as you guys are obviously we have 600 yeah. people in the <laughs> chat right now and i don't think it's because the chargers lost or maybe it is but not directly that no definitely definitely enjoy talking about the draft and things like that and um we'll, we'll have some thoughts about the game maybe we, maybe we wrap up the show today with our thoughts from the actual game does that sound good to you tyler I've already forgotten it, I'll be honest. Sure. <laughs> Give me 20 minutes to think about it, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I think we have to talk about Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers coaching search mm -hmm. at this point in time. Hey, Chargers fans, make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day experience this Sunday. We all know how well football and pizza go together. It's just like Keenan and Allen, Justin Herbert on game day. Make sure you order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. My personal favorite is the pepperoni and green pepper combination with the dynamite crazy red with the dipping sauce. It's my favorite game day experience to go to for food on Sunday afternoons. Speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or in-store pizza porta pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during game day. Bolt up. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. Prize Picks offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using Prize Picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com/guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com/guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, obviously, the Chargers. And, and we do. I see some super chats. We'll get to some super chats, some questions, things like that um, at this point uh, later on on the show for sure. Um, that being said, there is a ton of Jim Harbaugh smoke going around all over the place. Um, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport, um, as well as Jeremy Fowler, all saying that the things between the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh are heating up or gaining steam, that a lot of people around the league think that Jim Harbaugh's favorite choice is the Chargers and the Chargers' top choice is Jim Harbaugh. Um, there are some reporters out there who are – uh, floating the idea of Jim Harbaugh to Chicago or to Washington. Some people also saying that the Raiders are the favorite at this point in time. I have probably been like one of the more like skeptics of Jim Harbaugh leaving to the NFL. Um, but I think things are changing. And I think the way that Jim Harbaugh has secured this much of a market is probably motivating him to, to potentially leave. So um, I, like I said, I've been very skeptical of this. I think there, I would put it at like 40% that Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, which I, if you would have asked me that like a month ago, I would have said like probably 4%. Um, so that's kind of my read on the situation. I do think that there is a significant chance that he does leave, uh, Tom Palacero again of NFL network said on NFL insiders on Friday that Harbaugh is not going to go drag this process out this is going to be a quick decision for him this is going to be you have to sell me on your team this has to be you have to pay me what i deserve or if not he's cool staying at michigan so i do think there's definitely still a pretty good chance that he stays at michigan but i also say that there's more of a chance that he does leave than i would have previously guessed what's kind of your read on the situation tyler no i agree it continues to ramp up by the day i do believe um Part of it, I think, helps just that they've advanced in the college football championship, you know, playoffs. Because if they win, then you know you could argue that sure, like he's he's done what he set out to do. Yeah, um, I am still skeptical because one, you know, it's it's Michigan, it's the money they're going to give him. It's a great situation. It's a generally known situation, you know, and you've been there for many years. Why not? Continue, you know, everyone just assumes that the championship is the thing and then that's it. But, you know, I think someone like Harbaugh might want to chase the dynasty, the the sure. multiple championships and to build a, a long lasting program, a consistent winning one that has won multiple championships. So that's definitely there. Um, but I, I do think like Harbaugh's number one is the Chargers. The Chargers, prob- I, it seems like he's their number one. And I would understand it. It seems like based on the reports, it doesn't seem like Ben Johnson makes the top three or two. At least it seems like there's kind of like a preference for veteran head coaches. 
good or bad, I don't know, but it seems like that is their angle. Um, and because that is circulating more, that the Chargers are looking for more veteran, that seems to be their thing, you know, and, and also Ben Johnson. Like that seems to be most of the reports, you know, which of course you lead off with Harbaugh, but it seems like Harbaugh, Belichick, Quinn, whatever, and also Ben Johnson is there. Like it's really just does seem like they're looking for that veteran guy. So I, I'd say 51% chance uh, he stays, 49% chance he leaves. Right. I, and I want to really commit to much else because there's a game that they have to play and a championship that they have to play. And if they lose, do you go back? I, I don't really know. I, I do feel like that kind of changes things in terms of what he would like to do. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I think there's a lot of smoke everywhere. And until he signs on a dotted line somewhere, I, it, there's going to be stuff out there. Like I said, there's viable reporters who think that he is going to stay at Michigan. There's viable reporters who think he is going to, to the Raiders or going to the Chargers. Like everybody is a threat. The commanders, I think, are a much better job than people are suspecting, especially Chargers fans. Like they have the number two overall pick. They have an owner who's probably wanting to make a splash for his first coaching hire. Um, you know, it sounds like they're not super interested in Bill Belichick, but I think they would definitely be interested in Jim Harbaugh coming off a national championship. So there's going to be a lot. And Michigan, is, or excuse me, Jim Harbaugh is going to have basically any option he wants. Like, I think that's that for me is why I lean more, more towards a greater chance of him leaving than I did previously. Because before, it was always like, well, he's kind of interested in one job. He's kind of interested in the Vikings job. He's kind of interested in the Broncos job. He could be potentially having five NFL teams going after him, plus Michigan. So I just think that with the amount of leverage that he has, that's kind of for me why I would assume that there's a greater chance of him leaving. Um, Adam Schefter, for what it's worth, a couple weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show said that he his understanding is that Jim Harbaugh already feels like he accomplished what he needed to accomplish at the University of Michigan. And that was before they beat Alabama and Nick Saban, before they could potentially win a national championship. So that kind of, that coin goes both ways, right? Like there is a way of like, you know, the, the swan song being the, the championship and him kind of riding off into the, into the sunset of the NFL. There's also like Tyler mentioned, the chance that he decides to try and make a dynasty. They do have like 55 seniors on their team for what it's worth. Um, so maybe dynasty is, is a bit of a stretch, but, I think anything is on the table for Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers if they want him, and I think they should. We both have him as our number one candidate. They should definitely go after him. I think you probably have to start at like $15 million per year to like really lure him away from Michigan. Yeah. Um, readdress this for everyone one more time. As Dennis points out, you already pointed out on the last show as well, um, the earliest the Chargers can hire a head coach is the 22nd, um, Rooney Rule, et cetera re recap that i guess for everyone because yeah. i think some people like forgot or don't know like there's an assumption that jim harbaugh which his comment was interesting he said next week i'll let you guys know basically is what he said yeah um in, in terms of like staying at michigan or not so there might be this interesting week and a half ish period where jim harbaugh has now said i am leaving now nfl one of you three or four of you show me the money yeah. Uh, his other comment too was interesting. He's like, regarding my future, I hope to have one. Uh, he's just kind of a character, you know, that guy. So I also hope to have, uh, one. I also hope to have one. The earliest theoretically that they can talk to Jim Harbaugh specifically is Tuesday. Uh, he's 
obviously has the national championship to win tomorrow. Um, you know, they, they can't talk to him directly and interview him directly until Tuesday. Um, once his season is over, they can interview him in person, virtually, whatever they want to do with Jim Harbaugh because he's not employed currently by an NFL team. However, the NFL has made a lot of efforts to draw out the hiring process because they feel like um, these coaches who are coaching playoff teams are given less opportunities than the ones whose seasons are over because teams want to get the process hired and officially done with faster. So to that point, the Chargers cannot do in-person interviews until the 22nd, which is after the divisional round is over. They have to interview at least two minority external candidates in person before they can hire somebody. That's courtesy of the Rooney rule. That changed previously. It used to just be one uh, minority candidate. Now it's two. And it has to be in person is my understanding. If that's wrong, feel free to correct me, somebody in the chat or you, Tyler. Um, so the earliest that they can actually hire Jim Harbaugh is the 22nd because they have to do this whole process. Even if it's kind of a farce, even if Jim Harbaugh has like agreed to the job, they still have to go out and do it. So it's it it's a bit of a process. They can start doing virtual interviews in the next, uh, basically right now with teams who were eliminated today. Like if they want to go interview uh, Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator of the Cardinals, they could go do that this week. If they want to interview Dan Quinn, they got to wait. If they want to interview Ben Johnson, they got to wait. And you can't do in-person interviews until after the divisional round. So there's 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 a bit of a process here. It's not like they can just hire Jim Harbaugh on Wednesday. Like they have to do their due diligence or the league can penalize them. Last year, the Cardinals kind of rushed things a little bit and they uh took two draft picks away from the Cardinals and gave them a fine, I think of like it was like $250,000 or something like that. So it's it's a process that the Chargers have to do. Um but if there is like an agreement with Jim Harbaugh and he just is cool waiting, then that can also happen. Great question from Jason. Does the Rooney rule apply only to NFL coaches or does it also apply to college coaches? It would also apply to college coaches is my understanding. Um, it, it is two minority candidates externally. So like they can't just interview Derek Ansley and Chris Beatty. It has to be external minority candidates. So my understanding is that if they wanted to interview David Shaw, for example, which might be a good process because he's an offensive coordinator candidate for Jim Harbaugh. They could interview him and that would count for one. Interesting times ahead. Yes. Yes. Um, circling back to a, your, your previous comment in general regarding the coaching search, it seems like Harbaugh and Quinn, Dan Quinn are always mentioned as, as possibilities. Whereas Bill Belichick, Ben Johnson, other guys are sometimes mentioned so i don't know how much you want to put into that tyler but I, I i do feel like harbaugh and dan quinn are always mentioned whereas the other guys are kind of like sometimes mentioned yeah the, the quinn one is interesting i could understand why you always mention harbaugh that gets you the clicks it's the most buzzy he's the number one guy i feel like there's a half of the nfl and fans that don't really love quinn so <laughs> the fact that he's mentioned consistently yeah. You, know, you don't have to mention him. If anything, if you want to drive more buzz, you probably say Ben Johnson in there more frequently because one, there's some debate there and two, because he's the offensive guy and the lines of a good offense. So I think I, 
I do put some stock into the Chargers or not the Chargers, the reports saying Quinn frequently. But um, I mean, who knows? The Adam Schefter in 2021 announced that Brian Dable was the coach of the Chargers, and the next day it was Brandon Staley. So you know, people know certain things or know certain things. So much is thrown around, but I do believe it is a veteran coach for the Chargers this time. Sorry, just responding to a comment. Um, I don't know, man. I. I... If Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan and Dan Quinn, like there's so many variables here. Like there's some reports that Pete Carroll could potentially retire. So if Harbaugh stays at Michigan, if Dan Quinn chooses to go to Seattle to kind of replace his mentor, where does that leave you? Like, are you really going to value experience that much to go after Brian Flores or Raheem Morris instead of Ben Johnson? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think Ben Johnson is, maybe in their eyes third right now. And there's all the Mike Vrabel stuff that we could get into also, but I, I think Ben Johnson is the one guy who I would definitely say is like a coordinator who will get attention from the chargers. Yeah, definitely. Also just, we haven't really talked about this, but the, the I feel like it was so easily passed over the bears saying that they wanted to keep Eberflus and that he's their coach. Like, yeah, which I don't necessarily buy until that officially is the case but i just think that's so fascinating to be in the running for uh, to arguably be the one job that's better than the chargers given the assets or the fresh start you know i think a good gm and assistant gm combo over there right now and to pull themselves from contention so publicly like that i think is is so fascinating and i think it was just kind of skipped over like oh yeah they're keeping Eberflus. like wait wait, wait really this yeah. is actually what they're going to do because that that truly does position Chargers as easily the number one option. Uh, so I just, I'm surprised that that was said so publicly so early. Yeah, the Eberflus thing, I forget if it was Pelissero and Rappaport or somebody else that they're happy with Eberflus, but if they can get Jim Harbaugh, then they'll do that. So I think that's kind of the same thing for the Raiders, honestly. I think they're pretty happy with Antonio Pierce, but if they can get Jim Harbaugh, I think they'll do that. So um, I don't know. It is what it is. I think these teams will be interested in Jim Harbaugh. I think the Chargers are going to have to fight for him, and I think they should. Um, Jason uh, Baye was in here asking earlier. So there was a report from the Diana Rossini. Um, according to her, Ben Johnson and Frank Smith would be the top Chargers candidates who are not experienced. So if they yeah. miss out on Harbaugh, Quinn... I don't think they'll be super interested in Bill Belichick, honestly, at this point. Um, Ian Rappaport said as much today. So to me, this comes down to Harbaugh, Dan Quinn, Ben Johnson, Frank Smith, and maybe there's, like you mentioned, like Adam Schefter surprising us with Brandon Staley kind of scenario down the road. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I don't know if Frank Smith would have been the option if he didn't have any connection to the Chargers previously, but because he did, because yeah. the Chargers drastically need some help on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I think in terms of, yeah, the, they'll go offense if they can, I think. And then Harbaugh sort of qualifies there. So, yeah, if, if it's a first-time coordinator, you know, I like McDonald over Frank Smith, but we're looking for offense here. So, yeah, I, I think that's your top four. I think we had – so our, our four was – or five. So, what number – hold on. <laughs> okay, we had Harbaugh in some Both order. Both of us had Quinn, Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, Johnson, Dan Green was our top three. Quinn um, – and then we flip-flopped, I think, 
I had Smith. You had Slowick at the time. I had Slowick at the time. I've kind of cooled down a little bit. I know the, the Texans just won their division and everything like that, but yeah, yeah. The constant ability, the constant decision making of like running the ball on early downs was a little bit of a, a red flag for me. So I, I moved him yeah. down a little bit. So I would have at this point in time, I would have Harbaugh one, Johnson two, Quinn three. I would have Brian Callahan four, Frank Smith five. And then if oh, okay. Mike Vrabel is is if Mike Mike Vrabel is in here, I would have him at three and push everybody else down a spot. Yeah, I had Vrabel at two earlier. I think I would move him to three. So I go Harbaugh, Johnson, Vrabel, Quinn, Smith, and on and after that. Yeah, the Vrabel stuff is going to be really interesting. It, it it sounds like, or at least sounded like earlier, that if he does want to leave, it, the Patriots would be like pushing hardcore for him. Yeah, um, that would. I think the Titans would just be foolish to get off of him. Like, of course, I would be interested in, in Mike Vrabel. He's one of the best defensive minds in the league right now. Um, consistently one of the top in game management. I just still would would value the offense, and I, I just really believe in Ben Johnson at this point. Um, but I'm definitely I definitely would be interested in Mike Vrabel. To me, I would have him in that same tier as the other two guys. Whereas I have Dan Quinn kind of below those two in his own tier. So Mike Vrabel unquestionably would be tier one, number three for me. Yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> and then I don't think Tomlin's available. It's mentioned in the chat. Didn't they? Yeah. Didn't he get an extension? Or is that just a faux report? Um, I think there were like rumors of it happening. Um, I would be shocked if they don't extend him. They just made the playoffs. Like he's had 10, 10 win seasons in Pittsburgh. Like it's, if there's no extension yet, it'll happen eventually. Like I think it's, the Steelers would be ridiculously foolish to move off from Mike Tomlin at this point. Mm-hmm. But go for it. Yeah, please. <laughs> if Tomlin and Vrabel are both available, it makes the hiring cycle way more interesting because right now it just seems like everybody's fighting over Jim Harbaugh, Dan Quinn, and Ben Johnson, and there's potentially like seven teams who have openings. So it's uh, th- that would be way more interesting if those two guys were available. Yes. Not John Gruden, though, Scott. I, I think Gruden's time. No, no. He, he can go Saints and Carr. That's probably it. But the Saints yeah. are keeping Allen, so yeah, he was working with uh, Carson Wentz uh, to get Carson Wentz's career back on track. So that's <laughs> that's fun for them, I guess. Odds uh, Arthur Smith being out is a makes the Falcons a threat for Harbaugh. Uh, I think it makes them a threat because Arthur Blank is eighty-one and he very clearly wants to win right now. Um, that job would be very much below the other teams you know like because so for him he has ties to the chargers and to the raiders and i think there's like the emotional tie there both teams would be definitely willing to pay him the commanders would be willing to pay him and have a chance at a quarterback the falcons like they would need to do some work to be able to get in that same kind of conversation i think they could maybe get an interview but i just there's they're not a good enough job to be challenging Justin Herbert and the Chargers and potentially Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams, and the Commanders. God, Commanders. I guess if, <laughs> I guess if the Commanders throw the bag and they make some offer you can't refuse, that, that's yeah. really their way in, uh, regardless of who the quarterback you could take potentially at two yeah. is. Yeah. Falcons could trade for Justin Fields. They could trade for Russell mm-hmm. Wilson or sign Russell Wilson. I don't think any of those things are enough 
I don't think Jaden Daniels is enough to get Jim Harbaugh. I think you have to get you have to have the chance at Drake May or Caleb Williams to get Jim Harbaugh or Justin Herbert. Hey, at eight, the Falcons could take JJ McCarthy. So the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best quarterback in Michigan history. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is standing up for his guy, but that was a little ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else who went to Michigan. <laughs> There's several other quarterbacks who are objectively better than JJ McCarthy. Uh, but it is what it is. Okay. Um, Tyler, any final thoughts on the coaching search? And then we'll get into some questions. So we have some super chats. We'll dive into those. Um, I don't know how much we'll talk about today's game. I think we'll probably do that on the Chargers channel at this point. Sure. Um, so if you guys have questions, feel free to uh let them fly and we'll uh we'll hook some of them up. I don't really have any final thoughts, to be honest. With this whole thing, there are candidates I like, ones I prefer. Just let me know who it is. All uh, the, the reading and the buzz and the news, like I don't care if you if you know something that the Chargers are interested in the best candidate out there. The, 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 like I just don't care. Like just whatever happens, happens. I, I'm glad those things are out there. Sounds like it's a possibility. Cool. That means we can talk about it, but just let me know what happens. At this point, I'm just waiting to see who it is. And whoever it ends up being, even if it's not Harbaugh, I will support them. Just some I support more than others as a candidate. <laughs> but once once they're the coach of the Chargers, they're all 0-0. And at that point, just show me. Yeah, 100%. Um, there are definitely guys that I prefer. Um, I'm not like Harbaugh versus Ben Johnson or like Harbaugh versus somebody else. Like, I will be very happy if it's Jim Harbaugh. I'll be very happy if it's Ben Johnson. I'll be mostly very happy if it's Dan Quinn. I'll be happy if it's anyone else. Uh, depending, you know, there are obviously some coaches i would not be happy about <laughs> um but you know for the most part like this is a pretty cut and dry coaching candidate class in my opinion i think you have three maybe four depending on mike Vrabel's top choices and then you have some other guys who are interesting like frank smith i think would be a, a really good hire i think brian callahan would be a really good hire it's just a matter of like how how high are you on the jim harbaugh hype train at this point in time and listen, I totally understand if you're Jim Harbaugh or bust at this point, I get it. He is objectively both of our number one candidates. Um, there are other coaches I like, though. Like, I'm not going to be just, like, distraught if he chooses to stay at Michigan. I think there are other candidates that I would be happy about. Yes, it's 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 not like this, but it's like, you know, Bijan to the Chargers last year. It's like, Bijan or bust. It's like, okay, well, if it doesn't happen, we could be happier with some other selections. Sure. Ho hopefully it ends up better than the... You know what I mean? Um, I, gotcha. I, gotcha. I hope it, I hope, I hope it is a better fan reception. I'll say sure. that. Sure. All right. Want to do some super chats? Yes. We'll get to the first one here. Uh, LA Chargers fan, MHJ, Marvin Harrison Jr., for those who don't know, was right there. Still happy with the fifth pick. Like I said, I think that's yeah. a good spot to be in. There's a lot of good options there. Chargers will have a lot of flexibility, but it definitely does hurt to, to see that missed field goal for Matt Prater. Yes, it does. I hope the Bears just take him first overall so we'd never have to worry. Like, <laughs> like it just doesn't matter, you know, yeah. that the Cardinals shanked that one. Yeah. But, oh, well, the, Car the Cardinals did the right thing. If anything, Matt Prater did his job perfectly. Yeah. So Argen, Argen tweeted that Matt Prater understood, understood the assignment for the Cardinals, not for the Chargers, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Oops. Uh, uh, make the transition. He wants to know how the draft class on day two is. Uh, it's, it seems like it's full of some good offensive guys. I haven't checked out corners that far back. Look at the receivers. I feel like I've sort of more found like the round three ish guys. Cause I just kind of jumped around the board. 
So we'll, we'll see what the round two guys look like. If there's a quality couple of players there, seems like the running backs are solid. A couple of round two grades on those guys, but I don't think like running backs. I feel like you know quarterbacks go earlier, running backs go later than than your grade. I think so. They'll probably do like round three sort of stuff. It seems like this offensive line class is actually pretty good. Um, but some people aren't convinced that these offensive tackles are tackles, that they're more of a guard. Um, yeah. The tackle from Washington, Brandon Thorne has him as interior offensive line number one in this class. So, you know, how that looks overall, I'm not entirely sure. So it seems like offense is pretty solid. Defense have not really gotten into. Yeah, I think of the of the prospects and the players and the and the uh, positions that I've watched, I would say... I feel better about cornerback on day two. Uh, you know, I think that's a good a good position to potentially pull from. Um, Ennis Rakestraw from Missouri is a guy I really like. So he's uh, he's a day two corner. There's a lot of slot corners, it sounds like, um, just based off of what other people are talking about. Um, like Tyler mentioned, it sounds like this is a great all-around offensive tackle class. It's not a great center class. Um, center for me is basically one guy, maybe, uh, Graham Barton from Duke switches positions there as some people have kind of speculated, but if the chargers want a true like impact center of the future, it's Jackson powers Johnson. And that's pretty much it. You can get some solid starters, but to me, Jackson powers Johnson is like the only like high end center prospect that you would get on day two. Yeah. Thorne and Manyweather seem to like Frazier as well, but I haven't watched him. So I'll get into that at some point. The yeah. center class in terms of pure centers for free agency isn't great, but there are like I started accumulating a list of players who have played center in like hundreds of snaps at center sure. who might also be playing guard right now. That helps a little bit, but yeah, it doesn't seem like this is the greatest center group you can go get, or you just don't have the draft capital or you have the the money to go get that number one player. Yeah. Wide receiver is pretty good too. I mean, it's, it's pretty good day two every year feels like, um, I watched all the, the, all of the Texas guys this week on offense, at least I haven't watched the defensive line guys. Um, but I watched Xavier worthy, uh, this week. He's a Fresno guy, shout out Fresno. Um, but he's, he's a really quality day two guy. I think, uh, uh, Tez Johnson from North Carolina. He's another guy like Troy Franklin from Oregon is, is probably a little bit further down than that, but He's yeah, fast. He so there's there's a there's a decent amount of wide receiving talent uh, on day two that you can have uh, if you miss out on one of the top guys. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, uh, John Shun. The oh, I saw Jason's comment. Uh, the, the interior defensive line guys. I've only watched Jerzon Newton. I think you've watched the, both of the Texas guys. Uh, I've just watched um, Murphy from there, and then I can't remember his last name. The guy from Oregon. Kind of uh, pick Dorless. your. Doorless, thank you. Yeah. Um, both really good. So if, if those guys are in the mix, I totally understand. You'll probably like Murphy, Doorless. You, you'll like Murphy more, I think. I think he'll remind you yeah. uh, a little less so, but like a little bit of Travis Jones, I think he'll remind you of. All right. For what it's worth, Byron Murphy's numbers are like outstanding. Yes. The guy had a win rate on PFF of like near 20%. And uh, I'm going to have a super high grade on Johnny Newton, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. And mm -hmm. Brian Murphy's numbers like blow his out of the water. Like Byron Murphy is a guy I think is going to really rise up boards here in a little bit. Um, all right. Uh, John Shoon, Papa Shoon here. The end of a long season. Thank you, Gak, for all your great content. Appreciate the Shoon family as always. 
Um, he wants to know, can a new GM and head coach turn everything around next year, or is this a long-term overhaul? This is a pretty common uh, debate. The guys on CBS today were talking about this being a potential long-term rebuild. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on, on your dad's question on the uh, long-term future of the Chargers, Tyler? It really just depends on on this class because the previous classes are are not doing much for you unless their names are Justin Herbert. Otherwise, it, it's not a great set of guys turning the page for you. If we had like the same sort of Chiefs draft that they had that is basically carrying them into the postseason, at least yeah. on defense, then yeah, we could talk about being a quicker rebuild. Um, really, what the difference is though, and I think what gives a lot of Chargers fans hope, is a bad franchise that was in a bad spot turning things around very quickly and that's houston i think the texans help you feel much better about next season um strad's playing great um ryan's is a great coach by all accounts it seems so that gives you more hope for sure i i think they i think that they will definitely be much better next year i think that especially if you have a veteran head coach your floor is much more elevated next year but you're not really seriously in contention i think until the following year after you've had a couple of really good classes, yeah. you hope. Yeah, the Texans are a great call out. I, I tweeted about them yesterday. They they had a really good 2022 class. Um, it, it wasn't mm -hmm. like amazing, but it was pretty solid across the board. Guys like Nico, Nico Collins from the 2021 class contributing mm -hmm. certainly helps them. So, you know, the, the beauty of the NFL is that you can turn things around in a hurry. And if this is a Jim Harbaugh-led team, with Justin Herbert playing healthy every single game, then yeah, they can turn it around in a sense. I wouldn't still not have them as like a Super Bowl contender, but that's that's a duo that I think could definitely challenge for the playoffs. I know the AFC is stacked, but the head coach and the quarterback combination is so important. And if you get it right, everything else just kind of tends to fall into place. We know that the Chargers have the quarterback. It's just the coach that that needs to fall into place next. And if you get the right head coach, you can be a playoff team in 2024. Like you mentioned, I think you probably need another draft after that to be like legitimate contenders. But great point by Jason here on the screen. The Rams this year, like they were they were full on rebuild. Like they had like 40 rookies in training camp, undrafted <laughs> free agents and draft picks. And they're in the playoffs. The Packers, they had the youngest offense in the league by a wide margin. They lost David Bakhtiari like the second the season started, their starting left tackle. They don't have any really like reliable players, uh, veteran players outside of Aaron Jones on offense. Their defense is a train wreck, a train wreck, and they're in the playoffs. So you get the head coach, you get the quarterback right. It makes such a big difference in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I think this is a team that could turn things around in a hurry in terms of making the playoffs. In terms of being a contender, you, you need like two good draft classes here a good free agency draft class uh, or not, excuse me, a good free agent agency class in 2025. And then you can like really get cooking. But you know, if they get the coach right, man, like definitely make, they definitely can make the playoffs in 2024. And I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, Richie Farley, between these two receivers, who would you guys choose that fits for the team? Malik neighbors or Rome Odunze? Your thoughts there, Tyler. Uh, I'd go with neighbors at this point. I think just what he does after the catch, explosiveness, I, I'd prefer him for the Chargers. I feel bad that Odunze almost, not quite, but almost fits a mold of what the Chargers have drafted before. I just think the Chargers need to find different avenues and find that next thing that strays away from where they've drafted before. I think Romo Odunze is a pretty natural replacement for Mike Williams. Like mm -hmm. Romo Odunze catches 
everything thrown his yeah. way. Um, he's got the best ball tracking in the class. He he has the best contested catch ability in the class. Very refined route runner, deep on the vertical stuff. But he's not really a yards after catch threat. He's not really a speed threat. He he is like your stereotypical X receiver, and he's fantastic. I think mm-hmm. he's well worth a top 10 selection. But for the Chargers and what the Chargers need, that explosive weapon of Malik Neighbors would be so much fun to watch. It just would change the offense in, in such a hurry. Um, I, I tweeted this out yesterday, but um, the combination of Marvin Harrison Jr., Brian Thomas, and Romo Dunze forced 29 missed tackles this college football season. Malik Neighbors by himself forced 30. Like you're mm-hmm. talking about a truly like special yards after catch guy, and he's probably gonna run like a four three. So this is this is for the Chargers. It's Malik Neighbors, and I don't think it's all that close. In terms of draft rankings, they are close. Like the objectively, Odunze yes. is a great player, but Malik Neighbors for the Chargers is just such a cleaner, more explosive option for them. I agree, but to me also, then extension Bowers does take. Uh, he jumps all of them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, creative question from Christian. Trade the fifth pick in Mike Dub for the Pats' third pick. Get MHJ, then trade Bosa for Bijan. Add in whatever other picks are needed to get it done. I respect the creativity. People send us these trades all the time. Why would the Patriots do that? Why would the Falcons do that? I I, I, I get the ideas, definitely. I want those players, but the other teams, it takes two to tango, and I, I can't imagine the Patriots or the Falcons being interested in either of those things. But I respect the creativity. Sure. Even heading into this season, not that I think it would happen, but I understand it a bit more. Watching another season of Mike Williams going down with a torn ACL and another season of Joey Bosa not playing many games at all, you're just you're really just trying to get rid of the contract at this point and maybe accumulate yeah. a late pick. And some other team is is knowing that you're trying to get rid of that contract. Yeah. So you're not going to get a whole lot. You're not going to get a whole lot. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot for either of those players, for, for Mike or for Joey. I think that if they had finished the seasons healthy and productive, maybe you can talk to me. But, you know, Joey having three different injuries this year, ending the season on injury reserve, Mike Williams coming off an ACL injury, I think you're – Maybe Joey, because he is a pass rusher who is dealt with more like minor things, you can maybe get a fourth round pick for, but I don't think they're getting better than that for either of those two players. No. If you want a draft, not Hall, but more value, it's, it's got to be Khalil Mack. Yeah. But that's its own issue if you do that. Yeah. And shout out Khalil Mack, man. 17 sacks. Uh, tie the franchise record. I was really... Hoping he would break the record, but he came close multiple times. But uh, still, a an amazing season nonetheless from Mister Fifty Two. Yeah, outstanding. Um, super sticker from SoCal Michael. I don't know if there was a question attached to this, and I missed it. I'm I'm over on like the super uh, chat. I can tabs. try looking for it. Uh, SoCal Michael, if you have a question and we missed it, feel free to uh, type it in there. Uh, while Tyler is looking, um, Easy Shada says, the last time we had the number five, we got LT and Junior say out. You know, the top six has been good to the Chargers. It's just kind of yeah. the other spots. You know, yeah. Joey was four. Third. Joey was third. Justin was six. LT, Junior Seau. Outside of Ryan Leaf, obviously, the top five has been pretty <laughs> good to the Chargers. Other than that, yeah. Other than that one. 
I don't know if this is the question he wanted, but this is a question he asked. So, in your opinion, is Herbert better than Drake May, Caleb Williams? Yes. 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 Yeah. I think I, I know that we have a lot of USC fans who listen to this show, but I think Caleb Williams is pretty overrated in terms of draft evaluations. Um, he's still definitely a guy that I think is worthy of a number one overall selection or number two overall. But there was a lot of the G word. Uh, that is a, a scenario where for me, I think that the generational word does not apply to, to Caleb Williams. Um, if I was seriously grading quarterbacks, I probably would end up having Drake my higher than Caleb Williams. Um, Caleb just from a processing standpoint, from a pocket presence standpoint, or I guess pocket management is probably more accurate there. I think Caleb did not improve enough for me to like have him as like a generational quarterback talent. What he does outside of the pocket is incredible. Watching Utah try and sack him every single game was so frustrating. Um, but just from like a pure like pocket management accuracy, um, I, I think Drake May is a is a tick above there. And Caleb's also six one, like two ten. Like he is a smaller quarterback. Drake May's six three. 230 like i think drake may's i like i want to be shocked if drake may ends up going ahead of caleb i think like nate tice has him qb1 Derek classen has him qb1 there's a good amount of people that have drake may as qb1 this year yeah i have not watched him specifically but i've watched defenses play them and like you said i don't i don't watch him but the pocket management and just, it's so frustrating i'm wanting one of these defensive tackles to get that sack or get that pressure get that hit and it just moves perfectly and navigates so well. So even just not watching May, I can tell how good he is. Yeah. So great quarterback talent. I'm very glad that those two guys are ahead of the Chargers. And this is a quarterback class that is worthy of picks because it would suck if the Chargers were at six, at five. And this was like 2022 where there's no quarterbacks. This year there's been NG3 in front of them. So it should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Is that it for our for super chats? Yes, there were some there was a member chat, I think, but the answer is no, Brandon. I have not watched the Michigan game yet. My grid for McKinstry is just based on everything before that. Well, the three games that I watched before that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kool-Aid is worthy of a top 15 pick. I think he is a first round grade for me. But there's definitely some concerns there. Right now, I would lean towards Nate Wiggins as CB1, personally, the cornerback from Clemson. Um, Kool-Aid probably is more of like your tools guy. But uh, like I said, definitely not anything is final right now. Okay. Okay. I don't know how realistic any of this is, but it it makes at least some more sense. I would trade the five to the Falcons for Kyle Pitts in the eight pick. They need a quarterback. I, I'm not going to say no to that. Um, I, I mean, I guess it would depend on like what else I could get in, in place of pick number five. But Kyle Pitts on the Chargers, man, would be a ton of fun. You know, the Falcons do not have a quarterback and they forgot how to use Kyle Pitts, but that'd be fun. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, you love Brock Bowers. You definitely get more years with Brock Bowers in terms of the rookie contract. But if you're telling me you get Pitts, and Fashanu or Pitts and maybe even neighbors. Uh that's that, that that that's a fun one. I just don't know how realistic that is. But I, I respect this like this scenario. This actually kind of makes some more sense. I don't know, but Kelby mentioned Dallas Turner at eight. I am not a big Dallas Turner fan. Um, another uh, outside the top ten, probably before top twenty, but I don't like him more than a 
Miles Murphy or Nolan Smith from last class, in my opinion. But I only watched 2023 tape. So it sounds like before was a better year. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him more on tape the previous year because he was like a true like speed rusher. And that was his type on the opposite side of Will Anderson. This year, I felt like he tried too hard to like put on weight and try to be more of a power guy, which I get like that was kind of the concern. But I don't think that worked out. I would say if Liatu Latu's medicals check out, like he's very well clearly above the other edge rushers in this class, like from a film standpoint, measurables, the work that he's doing with Coach Ed. Like to me, he's if the medicals check out, Latu is edge one by a good margin. And yeah. then after that, I would have Jared Verse from Florida State. Yeah, Latu. I have Latu graded higher than neighbors for what it's worth. So if if that Damn. actually all did check out, I would get it. So uh, he would be in play for number five for you then if his medicals check out. Oh, if he's medically cleared, I, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it would be a premium position. The only difference is there's. It's not the worst thing in the world to have Thule as your second slash third guy, but you know. Again, like all the debates for any of these guys, Bowers is literally tight end one, and there's no question. You're good. You go. Need, yeah. fit, BPA, boom. Latu would be one of the next best guys available. He just, it's a bit more of a logjam. But is it a bad problem? No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, taking a pass rusher who has that high of a grade in the top five, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, so we'll, that's, that's obviously going to be like a combine thing. For me, he's, he's Latu is edge one with kind of like an asterisk next to it. Jared verse would be edge two for me, but at Jared versus more in the range of like a Kool-Aid McKinstry where like, I'm cool if they're like at 12 or after for them. Um, you know, Jared verse, I think is, is, is in that kind of range. Like Latu is really the only defensive prospect in my opinion. That's like legitimate hundred percent worthy of a top eight selection. Johnny Newton. Maybe I can get there, but yeah, he would probably be the the other one, but Latu for sure. If the medical's clear, I think is is worthy of a top eight selection. Yeah, I, I could get there with Newton for sure. Love Newton. Uh, I do think he is a significant tier above Murphy. People might disagree. The numbers technically say otherwise, but the film you see a, a much better two way player there. Um, shoot, I had something I wanted to say. Oh, forget it. We'll come back to it. I think I see some other comments. We'll come back to it. Okay. All right. Yeah, Thomas saying this perfectly. Newton is flirting with it. He's close. If he tests and like ace his aces his testing process, mm -hmm. I think Newton could be a top eight selection. Oh yeah, but, that's what I was gonna uh, say. So, I there's no logjam there either. If Newton is your is your pick there, he's your starter. That's the easy one for you. Yeah. Again, over. I like Law two more, but Newton is your instant starter. And you know, I've kind of but Arjun and I ate food, ate, went to dinner on Friday, and oh, we were nice. talking about. Yeah, he was in town. And we were talking about how defensive tackle has just become a premium position at this point. Like, if you can rush the passer, doesn't matter where you are as long as you can do it. Um, and Newton can do that. So, I, yeah. 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 New, um, defensive tackle has definitely changed a lot recently. Um, you know, it is a position that I think is is right there with, with premium pass rushers. I mean, we saw what Chris Jones did today, granted against backups, but it's just it's such a big blessing if you can have that into your pass rusher guy um just before we ended i was trying to see if we had any updates on any injuries i was about to ask that too mm -hmm. um not that i can see 
I do not okay. see any updates on any injuries. So it was a it was a bad day for injuries, man. It it was it was bad. Trey Pipkins, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, Alex Erickson. The Chiefs lost both of their starting tackles today. It was a it was a bad day for injuries today. So mm-hmm. hope everybody, hope everybody is uh, able to uh, recover soon. Yes, <laughs> everyone's saying Eckler to the Chiefs. Great. If they give him a nice contract and we could get a get a nice comp pick out of it, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Eckler has been one of my favorite Chargers to watch. I know it didn't end great this year, but uh, one of the all time great Chargers stories. Super productive player for being an undrafted free agent. Uh, he's one of my only jerseys right now. So I, I appreciate Austin Eckler if it didn't end well. It was kind of weird watching the team and like, you know, the CBS showed the graphic of like all of the expensive players. And it's like, man, like there's a chance like really only Keenan of that group is back next year. So mm-hmm. it's a, it was a weird, it was a weird day. I'm like rooting for the Cardinals, rooting for the Giants, like watching the Chargers and like kind of hoping yeah. they lose. Like, it was it was a weird day of football today. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, as, as Calvin pointed out, ten carries for eleven yards for Austin Eckler to close out his what it seems to be the closeout of his Chargers career. A little different than Derrick Henry, who had a hundred and fifty three yards and got to say goodbye in a microphone to the entire <laughs> uh, stadium. Very different goodbyes, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely different. Uh, before we close out, I do want to give a shout out to Easton Stick. I know that it was a bit close there, but. That guy played his tail off today, man. He was running for it, lowering the shoulder on people. He was working his butt off to get a win for the Chargers today. And even if I was hoping that they uh, lost for draft purposes, it, it was it was nice to see Easton stick out there, just playing his butt off and and trying to get the Chargers a win as he as the season ends. So I appreciate Easton stick, everybody out there for fighting. We wanted Giff Smith to make the team more competitive. They did that three very competitive games to close the season. Um, We'll see what happens with the coaching staff, man. But I hope Giff, Ryan Ficken, Chris Gold, um, some of these other assistant coaches can stick around for the next regime. Um, obviously, anybody else, we wish you well. Thank you for your time on the Chargers. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see what's to come. I don't know. The Chargers haven't done this since I've been an actual you know, following fan of the team. So I don't know how often they announce changes and certain things. I don't know how far into the last season granted there was you know they had Staley so there was some continuity but I think there were some changes like in the summer like I don't know when they added Muschamp so promotions so we'll see what happens yeah but uh I'm excited man this offseason uh is gonna be a lot more fun than last offseason for sure um a lot more things to talk about um you know the draft should be pretty fun to talk about free agency might not be as fun um, but definitely have a lot of, a lot of things to discuss, but, uh, we appreciate you guys, man. Uh, it's been, uh, an up and down season for the team, but we've had a lot of fun talking about all of the stuff with you guys here in the chat. Um, if you are not in the discord, um, you can join the discord on via Patreon or YouTube membership. Um, we always have, uh, some nuggets to pass on throughout the off season stuff from relationships that we've built up over the last few years. Um, and we just have a good time chatting with you uh, over there. So we have um, a great time with everybody in the Discord. Hopefully you guys can join up before the offseason begins in earnest. We appreciate all of you for tuning in today. If you are listening, make sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify. If you're watching, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We do really appreciate it. It truly does help grow the show. Um, that's going to do it for us today. 
We'll see you next time. As always, bolt up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.